0: You're listening to the Calvary Church Audio Experience, designed to empower and encourage you throughout your week. Well, welcome to week two of our six part series that we have called Flesh Jesus in and Through Us. Turn with me, please, if you will, if you're in person or online. Turn with me, please, to John, John chapter 13. Come on, John chapter 13. And in just a moment, I'm going to be making a very important announcement. As a matter of fact, all month long, I'll be making announcements about where we're going and when it'll be starting next month, February. And I want to let all of you know some good stuff. So I'll get there in just a moment. Take one of your hands, if you will, set it on your heart. Church, I want you to say it out loud with all you've got. Say eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, a mouth to confess, all the good things Christ has already provided for me. So last week I mentioned that in this series we are really after the answers to the question what does it mean what does it look like to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the 21st century flesh Jesus in and through us in a nutshell this series is all about learning to live as Jesus or better stated letting Jesus borrow our skin flesh And live his life in us and through us which i've told you is the essence of real christianity i gave some stats last week about how church attendance in america as a whole is dwindling even though interest in spirituality remains strong and we talked about this word incarnation at all of our locations we talked about incarnation which means in fleshment, or in flesh or taking on flesh we talked about how jesus took on human flesh to show us what it looks like to bring god's glory to bring god's goodness into this world into people's lives because jesus didn't only come to die for our sins watch he came to show us how to be human how many of you are glad the gospel gives you your life back say yes and last week we focused on the heart of the incarnation which watch it isn't about making converts it's about inviting people into a family into the family of god as his grace and truth flow through us as tangible expressions of of him because remember Jesus didn't simply come as an example for us but as us in him we lived and moved and had our being now in us he lives and moves and has his being Christianity is not about imitating Christ but participating in Christ's life we have been invited to participate in in union with Christ and to enjoy life and not just any kind of life, but life that is free and life that is full. Yeah, but there's all kind of stuff going on in the world. Believer, hear me. You will live a free, you will live a full life. And if you believe it, clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Hallelujah. You will live a free and a full life life and now watch this we get to share this goodness share this glory let me say it another way so y'all get it we get to invite people to the party how many of you know really at calvary church there's only one job description we're all glorified party planners every one of our locations is just another party are y'all getting this We're celebrating a good, good father who's given us a good, good life. And this week we're going to talk about, come on, I got to do it. We're going to talk about it. Don't get mad at me. We're going to talk about it. Come on. We're going to talk about street cred. Uh Uh-oh. We're going to talk about our reputation. The reputation we have in our culture as Christians In other words what do people tend to say what do people tend to believe right now about us based on the way we currently profess to be christians because if you google the phrase right now christians are you'd find some pretty crazy things you'd find some pretty negative things Christians are getting a really bad rap these days, and I'm of the opinion that at least some of it is well-deserved Yet at the same time when we read the gospel stories about Jesus in the Bible We find that he had a much better reputation than many of us do among people now of course the religious leaders we understand church folk mostly hated him because they saw him as a blasphemer who was trying to what claim that he was equal with god and the roman politicians the 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 politicians of that day they hated him because they saw him as a threat to the worship of of caesar but i love this the regular folks i'm just talking about you know the, the average everyday people they absolutely loved Jesus they were attracted to what he had to say they loved what he had to do and I thought about if Twitter would have been you know a thing back then hashtag Jesus would have been blowing up documenting all of the attractive things that they saw in his life and in his personality church if we are not attracting the same kinds of people that Jesus attracted then we are not living or preaching the same message that Jesus lived and preached. You see, incarnational living, we're talking about flesh, incarnational living, allowing Jesus to live his supernatural life in and through us should naturally lead to what? To a good, positive, curious, attractive reputation among people. So I want to talk about reputation for just a little bit today. When uh, I was a kid, uh, you know, I grew up, they said I was a fundamentalist. We grew up in religion. They called us the fundamentalist. Y'all ever heard that word, a fundamentalist? You know what that is? Not much fun, a whole lot of damn, and not a lot of mental. Are y'all getting this? Fundamentalist. But the reality is they told us Things like this, you need to care more about your character than your reputation because character is who you are when nobody's looking while reputation is merely what people think you are. And while there may be some, some good truth to that, that quote, there's, there's definitely a danger, I think, in, in swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. Because while it's true that we can't always control what people think about us, believe me, in leadership I've learned that. You cannot control what people think about you. That does not mean that reputation is unimportant. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 22 says that a good reputation is better than great riches. Think about that. And the feelings that come into a a person's consciousness when they hear that word, Christian, massively important thing for us to consider, especially right now. Words and phrases, church names, have the power to provoke visceral feelings in people that they'll often perceive as reality, regardless of whether those feelings are accurate. I like what. Uh, Maya Angelou said, she said this and I quote, at the end of the day, people won't remember what you said or did. Watch this. But they will definitely remember how you made them feel. Okay. In fact, let me me, me show you what I mean. Okay, watch. Please don't say anything. Just listen. If y'all are getting this, wave at me right now. Come on. Okay, I'm going to say a few words. Don't get angry. I'm going to say a few words. I don't want you to show any emotion. Don't show any emotion. Sit quietly. If you're online, just... I don't care what y'all do at home, but right here, just, 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 just sit quietly and think about the feelings that these words, these names... Invoking you. Let's start with just some generic stuff. Okay, here we go. Don't show any emotion. Forest fire. Morning sickness. Lady, don't show any emotion. Ingrown toenail. Republican. Democrat. Homosexual Climate Change Second Amendment Conservative Liberal Muslim Christian Obama Trump You see I could just go on and on and on my point is 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 this that words and titles and names have the power to invoke strong feelings and images inside your head and when i said some of those words when i said some of those names your mind went in a very opinionated direction and it's okay to have opinions but my point is that we can downplay the power of reputation all we want but reputation matters and when you study the life of jesus you quickly discover that the people who were regarded To be the furthest away from god watch this they were actually the ones who were most attracted to jesus and ironically the people who thought they were closest to god were the least attracted to jesus and while jesus was never concerned about being a people pleaser he definitely cared about reputation he absolutely wanted church people to see the glory the goodness of god revealed through his life in a way that he demonstrated the love of the father to them because remember jesus did not come to save us from god he came to reveal god as savior jesus didn't come to enable god to love us he came to reveal god as love he didn't come to reconcile god to the world he came to reconcile the world to god Did you realize that Jesus, when he was about to reveal his identity as the Messiah, did you realize that he had an opening act? His name was John, John the Baptist. And when you read about John the Baptist, especially in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, you see reports of masses of people who were coming to be baptized by John. And this leads to a a natural question. I was thinking about it this week. Why didn't Jesus just come by himself and suddenly announce the new kingdom and his new position as king of many kings? Why did God send the prophet John the Baptist preaching the message of prepare the way for the Arrival of the Lord Church are you ready for this I believe it's because people need some prep time to get ready to hear and consider Jesus even Jesus himself needed an opening act someone to prepare the heart of people to consider him and this is a key part of learning to live what we are teaching in this series the incarnational life we're dealing with flesh we are now the ones church who are preparing the way of jesus to be discovered in people's lives and whatever people say about you is important in determining whether they'll say great things about jesus later And at the moment, I'm going to go ahead and say it, our culture is not impressed with our movement. Most people have nothing against Jesus. It's his fan club that they can't stand. And the way to begin changing that is begin moving as Jesus moved. Many of us, if I were to pass this microphone around, you could tell stories of people in your life who helped you feel Jesus long before you actually embraced Jesus. Oh, I can think of people in my life. I think Maya Angelou was absolutely right. I, I do remember how some people in my life made me feel. They made me feel welcome. When I didn't feel welcomed at all, they, they made me feel at home. They made me f- feel unconditionally loved and accepted when i intentionally pushed their buttons and many times i pushed them away and at the end of the day i knew that when i encountered these people and you could think right now of people in your life that 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 when you encountered them somehow you knew you were encountering jesus in and through them who helped you feel jesus long before you ever actually embrace Jesus. Are you all there? I've been waiting. Are you at John 13? Gospel of John chapter 13, okay. In this chapter, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his impending death on the cross. And and he serves them dinner. Watch this. He washes their feet. Wow. And then he says these words in verse 34. Church, hear me. He says, a new commandment I give you. That you love one another, even as I have loved you, so you must also love one another. Now, if I were to ask you to rank yourself, don't do it, but if I were to ask you to rank yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 on how well you obey this command of Jesus, I'm sure some of you would give yourself, I don't know, like a 6 or 7 just to sound very, very humble. Others would say, you know, maybe take an 8 or a 9 because, you know, we believe ourselves to be pretty loving people. But I'm going to tell you something. If we were really honest with Jesus' words in this verse right now, I think our self Ranked opinions would plummet. Look again at what he said. First he said, I give you this new command that you love one another. Stop. Now wait just a minute. How is it that a new command, a new command, how is that right there? A new command. Command. Weren't these Jewish people given the command to love one another throughout the Old Testament? Of course they were, but you see, Jesus' new command didn't stop there. Here's what I want you to see. He goes on to describe what he means with the following words. Here it is Even as I have loved you, so you must love one another. In the exact same way to the exact selfless servant-hearted extent that i have loved you this don't sound like us today now you are to love one another that right there would you all agree that's a pretty tall order right there how do we even think about thinking about loving the way jesus loved so selflessly so perfectly well the point is this we can't, and I say it all the time, you can't live this way. That's the glorious thing about real Christianity, is that only Jesus can live this supernatural life of supernatural love, which is precisely why two chapters later, Jesus gives his teaching about what? The vine and the branches. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branch, you're attached to me. Watch this. Without me, you can't do this so what does this look like practically speaking because i want to bring this home to where we are what does this look like church right now what what can we learn from the way jesus lived that will give us a a a, a barometer a picture of what it means to love others right now as he loved us and specifically to the the point of today's focus how can this restore our street cred church because i'm telling you right now it's needed now more than ever more. I'm talking about our reputation in the eyes of a culture that not only thinks of Christianity as irrelevant but in many cases as evil. And I want to work through four things quickly that Jesus did that gave him street cred. Four things that, that gave Jesus a great reputation. Don't miss this, church. is some kingdom teaching. So number one, write it down. If you got the app, pull up the notes. Here it is, quickly. And i got an announcement i gotta make one jesus was fully human write it down he was fully human now this may sound obvious and i probably some of you very maybe unimportant but it's critical you see in the first century people expected the messiah to be a cross between like arnold schwarzenegger and mother teresa Someone who was who was who was almost otherworldly, someone so high and lofty that humans couldn't barely relate. But Jesus earned his street cred with normal people. Watch this. Because he was a normal man. The church would get this. In fact, Luke 3:23 might actually be the most, I think, significant scripture pertaining to living an incarnational life luke 3 23 says watch now jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry think about that That, that's that's probably a verse that most of us just skip over when we read it in luke but think about the significance of what we just read the details how long was jesus just living in the neighborhood before he even started talking about his real mission think about that 30 years just being a normal guy in fact that's why so many people question whether he could possibly be the messiah are you serious you are the messiah people saying "Isn't that joseph's and, and mary's kid i mean can any anything good possibly come out of that podunk little town of 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 nazareth but jesus was known as simply a local he was a native he was a human being and sometimes i don't mean to mess with you church but sometimes i wonder if people don't like us christians because we try to act like we're otherworldly or more godly or holier than everybody else and i wonder how our reputation might improve if we instead were simply more human like jesus is this too much for y'all second thing that gave jesus a great reputation among the common folk was this watch jesus uh uh-oh worked a job i'm sorry For those of you who think Jesus just kind of roamed around living under bridges (laughs) until he revealed his identity to the masses, he was raised as a carpenter by his earthly stepfather named Joe. And as thankful as I am for the seeds of faith that were sown in me as a child, I'm about to teach. One of the most damaging things about the way Christianity was modeled to me was in this so-called division between what we call sacred and secular. See, for most of us, we will struggle with this today. Many of you look at me. Oh, my goodness. Pastor Ben, he's in the ministry but if someone were to ask you as a plumber as a truck driver as a dentist as a construction worker as a teacher as a mom as a dad If you are in the ministry you would feel weird about saying yes why is that where does that reluctance come from it comes from believing a false narrative that God cares more about certain professions than others and it comes from falsely believing that since I as a pastor communicate the gospel through formal Bible teaching equipping the Saints then my calling is somehow higher than yours and I came today to say that is nonsense and I could go on and on about this because it's something I'm very passionate about but truth be told I often feel like the least I'm talking about me I feel like the least if you were to sit down and talk to me I feel like the least qualified guy to be standing up here leading a local church of God's people in a time like this and my life calling is just a crazy example of of God's awesome sense of humor combined with God's grace. And if y'all are getting this, clap your hands and give God praise. God had a sense of humor to pick old Ben daily. But my calling is no more important or sanctified than yours. And I don't care if you work at a beauty salon or a barber shop or a law office or a doctor's office or a coffee shop or a production plant. Your vocation is a high and holy calling because it's the mission field of your life. You are in full-time ministry. You are a missionary. There's no such thing as a regular job. I am so tired of people saying, no wonder we don't have impact in the world. We've made ministry what you do on a platform for 45 minutes with a mic in your hand and wonder why we're making no impact in politics, in entertainment, in education, in finance. If y'all are getting this, you are called for such a time as this. Wake up. Are y'all getting this? Say it out loud. Lift up your hands. Hold them up high. Say, I am. am. Help me. Say, I am. am. Called Called by God. God. Say, I have a calling. calling. I am am. in full-time ministry. (laughs) Clap your hands and give God praise. If y'all are getting this, say yes. Yes. Okay. Thirdly, going quick, Jesus picked fights in public. Now, (laughs) this is where some of you are thinking, how could picking fights actually help someone's reputation? Here we go. It all depends on which fights we're picking. I'm going to tell you the problem with the church right now. We're picking the wrong fights. If we're picking fights on behalf of regular people and fighting for justice and righteousness and mercy our street cred is going to rise. But you see, we've allowed ourselves to get so sucked into the socio-political divisions of our culture that we can hardly have meaningful conversations with people who disagree with us. And maybe it's time to reevaluate the fights that we pick. Maybe it's time for us to stop publicly aligning ourselves with certain political parties, whether right or left, to such an extent that we lose our credibility as voices at the table. And one of the reasons that people don't respect professing Christians is because we have a recent track record of picking the wrong fights. James talked about looking after widows and orphans and not showing favoritism. First Peter talks about leaders being humble shepherds rather than rock stars and dictatorial bullies. Jesus talked about ministering to the poor and the blind and the naked and our young people and our students. When Jesus picked a fight, Jesus picked the right fight if y'all are getting this clap your hands and give god praise right now i'm gonna fight but i want to pick the right fight What was Jesus doing when he stepped in to protect the adulterous woman the Pharisee was about to stone? He was picking the right fight. What was Jesus doing when he dared to share a meal in the home of a dishonest gangster? He was picking the right fight. What was Jesus doing when he angrily flipped over tables in the temple? He was picking the right fight. What was Jesus doing when he allowed immoral people to wash his feet with expensive ointment? He was picking the right fight. Now I'm about to lose my mind up in here. What was Jesus doing when he was sweating great drops of blood and when he died on a cruel cross? Y'all getting this? He was picking the right fight. And if you believe it, shout right now and give Hallelujah. Gonna give you about 15 seconds. Give God praise right now that He fought for every one of you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Shout right now if you really believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hey! I made a decision this year, church, it may not be popular, but Calvary Church, we're gonna be known as a people who pick the right Jesus was a friend of sinners. And I know we sing songs about being friends with sinners. As though it's kind of a compliment. But that was no compliment. In Jesus' time. His primary reputation... Was that a drunk, a glutton? He spent most of his time in their presence, around people from all different backgrounds, all walks of life. Can I say, you don't get a reputation for being one of those guys by doing an You know, kind of an an, an occasional outreach event on church property. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thankful for everything we do. You get that type of reputation, church, because you actually do have relationship with those people. On a regular basis. In fact, of all the unkind things the religious people said about Jesus, friend of sinner may be the primary reputation of, that we need to emulate. And how do we become a friend like that? Well, to be a friend of sinners I don't have time to talk about today. We may have to come back or I may do a live this week because I think it's important we talk about we're talking about being incarnational and what that means to be friends of sinners. So that, so that in, in time people will see us as being safe enough to have a conversation with. We are not here. Do you know the greatest day in my life was when I finally realized I am not here to fix people. Watch this. No, no, no. Seriously. Seriously. I thought as a pastor, it was my job to fix everybody, and everybody thinks that is my job. But it's not my job to fix you. What are you talking about? I can't even fix myself. Pastor Ben is supposed to fix me and fix my marriage and fix my life and fix my mind. And fi- I don't fix nobody. I'm trying to keep my own head right now. I'm not I'm the one that can't sleep at night. I toss and turn. My mind's playing tricks on me, too. Are y'all getting this? But, church, we earn the right to be heard by being trustworthy, non judgmental, eager to listen, empathizers. In fact, consider this Jesus was the holiest man who ever lived and simultaneously the least judgmental. And I just want to say to those of you that are here in person or those of you online, I know there is a lot going on in the world, but my God, may there be one voice if it is not just this house right here where we say Calvary Church is a place that in this world, it is a place of grace that we don't turn our back on you when you struggle, a place where it's okay sometime not to be okay. And that doesn't mean that unwise choices. Don't carry natural consequences. If you think that's what I'm saying, you're missing the heart of the message. Sometimes we mess up in ways that strain relationships and create loss in our lives but can I just declare today throw up your hands high. God does not, somebody just needs to hear this today. God does not give up on you and at Calvary Church neither do we because we believe in redemption. I know the world wants to hear everything we don't believe but at Calvary Church I remind You, what we do believe. We believe in redemption. We believe in restoration. We believe in new life. We believe in healing. We believe in freedom. So, on behalf of Calvary Church, whether you're here in person or online, we extend a special welcome to those of you who are single, married, divorced, gay, filthy, rich, black, and proud, you know, habla English. We extend a special welcome to those of you who are newborns, poor as dirt, skinny as a rail got a hitch in your get along. We welcome those of you that are just browsing, just woke up, maybe just got out of jail. We don't care if you're more Lutheran than Luther or more Catholic than the Pope or haven't been to church since 1979. We offer a special welcome to those who could lose a few pounds, think the world is flat, work too hard, can't spell, came because grandmama dragged you here. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now, are divorced three times, had religion shoved down your throat as a kid got lost and wound up here by mistake we welcome you if you wear a mask don't wear a mask we welcome you if you're in recovery if you're still addicted we welcome those of you who are here in person those of you that are online we welcome you if you're Republican. if you're a Democrat if you're a libertarian we welcome you if you blew all your money gambling last night we welcome you if you're a tourist a seeker a doubter or a bleeding heart we welcome you and may you hear the father say today welcome Home and can I hear children? Go ahead, clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, party planners, let them hear the Father welcome home. Come on, everybody, give God praise right now. If you're glad, He welcomed you. Is that all you got? I'm gonna give you 20 seconds. Give God praise right now. Come on, fifteen more seconds, lift it up, church. Lift it up, church. Hallelujah. Come on, fifteen more seconds, clap your hands that he welcomed you. Thank God for the gospel of acceptance. Hallelujah. Is that all you got today? concerned I'm concerned you know social media is really a platform for you to just drop your feelings how many of you know we don't live by our feelings we live by faith and folks are dropping all kinds of feelings watch this and they don't care if it hurts somebody wreck somebody ruin somebody Break somebody. Church, let me tell you something. The world is restless. But true believers will be at rest. I've had friends of mine pastoring all over the country, losing their minds, watching their churches tear up division. Not only division in the world, watch, but division in the church. You said too much. You didn't say enough. You did too much. You didn't do enough. What if for a moment we gathered around the one thing we believe? Lift up your hands. I don't care who you are. Came today to remind you. I don't care what your background is, what you look like, where you came from. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that lips of those hands say I'll never know I don't know what to do I mean there's so much going on I'm so afraid I'm so anxious I'm so worried I'm so upset I can't sleep I'm so upset I can't sleep I'm so restless I'm so frustrated But here I am words here I am to bow, say you're my God, you're all together. I want to make a very important announcement. You can be seated. I'm going to ask you right now, whether you're in person or you are online, to prepare your generosity right now, the first part of this month. Right here, the first month of 2021, or I've heard some say the 13th month of 2020. you are preparing your generosity I'm going to make a very important announcement that ties into all of this please pay close attention it'll only take a moment and I'll, I'll explain it we'll give and we will walk out of this place take a look at the screen